0: Wonder, have we seen a new beginning tonight? Attacking full backs, a creative midfielder? <laughs> I know, seriously, you're <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because wait until Tuesday, Bill. i <laughs> uh, <laughs> behind the ball. Wes Hulin sitting on the bench.
1: Ciao, a e benevuto nel podcast del uh, Machino Verde per Giovanni Trapattoni part Quattro. Did you expect that, <laughs> lads? Did you? <laughs> Didn't agree to that. <laughs> okay. Shite. Did, did you like that? <laughs> Suppose, <laughs> lads, that took me all of five minutes to learn off. I mean, we had to start this in Italian, didn't we?
0: Mm. Camp- Campione, that's it. Is that it?
1: Is that, is that... Oh, Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's. Oh. uh I th- Well, that, that's the, the that's that's the excess of my Italian, lads. That 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 was kind of emptying the tank there.
2: Well, I won. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of fucking people in Ireland were emptying the tank in uh, one way or another, watching Italy win. But um, yeah, I um, I won 120 pounds uh, yesterday from sweepstakes. So, uh, as to quote the great Aiden Duffy,
1: "Ole." Yeah, my friend, <laughs> my friend Sean Sean White. Um, if if he's listening, congratulations on on winning the sweepstakes. Sean actually or- organized the sweepstakes. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I that's, well, that's
2: not that's not uh, a an unnatural thing to happen, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look at UEFA. Just, yeah. just for just for anyone that didn't understand me, I was welcoming you to the Cream Machine podcast. Giovanni Trabatoni part four, and how appropriate is it, lads, that we are covering the end of an Italian reign after the start of an Italian victory. <laughs> this was a strange one, lads, wasn't it? This was the the end of the row for Trabatoni, and it was a tough year or so that we had to endure.
2: Yep, uh, Bloom was most definitely off the rose here for El Trapo, and uh, it's actually it's in, this is going to be another one of those, and I guarantee you. And as I said last week, Nick, we'd like to educate Ireland fans in this, or reintroduce Ireland fans to certain facts. And people will probably look back at this thing, ah, you know, we weren't good enough because we had Germany, uh, Sweden, we had Austria. Like that was a tough L group. When actually we're going to go into this and realise. This Mm. is another one of those groups that was so unbelievably there for the taking. And because of Trapp and his perversions and and his style of man management, football, you name it, we missed out on another World Cup. But really, we should have made the playoffs for this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like nearly 10 years ago, which is the kind of scary thing about it. So we'll start off periodically as always. So... August fifteenth, we play a friendly against Serbia, the first game since twelve. Nil-nil drawn Serbia. A very boring game. I just remember the pitch being absolutely horrendous. And other thing I remember from that game, James McLean playing in center midfield. (laughs) Absolute disaster. But anyway, we move into the qualification campaign. So just a reminder to everyone: our World Cup twenty fourteen qualifying campaign so we had Kazakhstan we had Germany we had Sweden we had Austria and we had the Faroe Islands don't think I'm missing anyone there lads are we but but looking at it now like I mean that's uh probably a strong enough group in in the current day but at the time we went away to Kazakhstan and you know all the Borat memes and the Borat jokes and so on and so forth we were expecting a bit of a walk over here regardless of our form. And in the lead-up to that that match, lads, uh, David, you might like to elaborate on this, but the first kind of evidence of of more, um, I suppose, trappisms of things getting lost in translation and things getting lost in the confusion, and that was an apparent Shane Long injury in the build-up to that Kazakh game.
2: Yeah. Um, also, actually, another um, hangover, I suppose, from the disastrous Euros was that Darren Gibson had refused also to play said I'm not playing for Trapatoni after being snubbed and then you think okay and at the time Gibson was quite promising Um, he was the supposed to be the next Paul skulls, as Fergie was quoted as saying at the time back in 2010 (laughs) anyway that aged um, well didn't it that aged very well and of course, you know that was one fallout with a young up and coming player, and another one at the time was Shane Long. And basically, Shane Long uh, didn't play in the game against Serbia. Um, he had a calf injury. Long had ke- basically came out and said, "I was fit to play, but the manager doesn't want me to play." And of course, Trap had a right go at Shane Long in the press. And uh, the the problem with Trap was he didn't learn English anywhere near as good as he should have. Obviously, when you're going to an English speaking country and you're dealing with English speaking players and when you try, when you were so insistent on speaking the language, you you know, it, it, certain things get lost in translation. And this is one of them. But his um, reaction from the press who were goading him about Shane Long, to be fair, because, you know, the press smelled blood after Dose's ass was yours and you was only a matter of time. He shouts out, ask him, call him, the telephone. Also, now, immediately. Now, if you want, can't run after children. Uh, he said, "I have pain." The doctor worried. They make a scan, and now he says he's fit. That is idiotic. Is idiot. No, is no baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then also has a Papa Rob McKean because Robbie um, didn't wasn't returning traps calls. Uh, although Robbie was at LA Galaxy, uh, so he's probably out enjoying the uh, either either sleep or you know out enjoying the the nightlife. <laughs> He was probably breastfeeding. Or breastfeeding, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so we're after yeah. we're after a cracking start here, lads, with the young yeah. lads, with the young players.
1: And just to add to that, Damien Duff, of course, announcing his retirement after Euro twenty twelve after one hundred caps, and wasn't that hundredth cap kind of disputed for some reason? Maybe that's something for another day. But I, I do think that there was something disputed about him being on a hundred caps, and they they thought he was on ninety nine or whatever. But. Anyway, that's probably a bit of pointless trivia. Anyway, he was he was given a hundred, which is the main thing. Leave the facts to me, Nick. <clears laughs> yeah, because I um, I'm surprised nothing was in there, David. I'm, I'm only joking. Money. It turned out to be nothing anyway. Um, as far as I know, like I, I I think there was just a bit of talk that maybe one game was unofficial or wasn't worth a cap or something. But then I think it was all resolved. So we kick off the campaign, lads, in Kazakhstan. Uh, Borat, of course, was not managing the team or or anything like that. Robbie Keane and Kevin Doyle getting us out of jail in the 89th and 90th minute. That game was unusual, as was not it. I was actually in Serbia at the time. I was in Belgrade in a hostel watching this on my friend's phone, and um, I was absolutely hammered. So I didn't really believe what was going on, but it was it was really the momentum of that hangover from Euro 2012. But but this had just hit a different level of low, hadn't it? Yeah, I watched this in a pub over here
2: and I remember actually watching it in an RTE in an Irish bar and when the Irish anthem came on, everybody in the pub stood up <laughs> for the anthem, which I've never seen before. Uh, seen at the end of the night, obviously, but never during a game. Yeah, uh, the bloom, as I said at the beginning, was off the rose, uh, but the trap era most certainly was falling apart here. It was, it was a dreadful performance, I remember, disjointed uh kazakhstan we were very unlucky actually we just didn't get going and we were very lucky i think it was a soft penalty as well that robbie Keane scored yeah. and then kevin doyle just got a last you know smash and grab when we got out of there now on to win 2-1 in kazakhstan is not a bad result because they would take points off the other opponent it was just the way it came about it was a real smashing we were so bad it'd be different mm-hmm. if we were trying to break them down we were trying to do something. we weren't doing anything really and yeah it was just it it was bad it, it really it wasn't great and it was kind of you, you could see the sands of time sort of filtering away here in the trap era you know it was definitely a, a case of when
1: not if yeah and i think something that possibly doesn't get a uh, much and is possibly forgotten is that James McLean kind of introduced us or reintroduced us, I suppose, at the time to you know his social media exploits? So, and um, took to Twitter after the game and said, uh, "Delighted as a fan that we got the win." Personal level, hashtag fuming, hashtag fucking joke, hashtag embarrassing. So uh, it's it's not only recent years that James has taken to social media to vent his anger at uh, at various things, not just uh, not just the abuse he gets, which is understandable. To, um, to, to kind of have a go at that, but also results that haven't gone our way.
0: Yeah, I do do remember that. I remember McLean's reaction, and I think um, it kind of set a little bit of a precedent that this is... I I couldn't really remember any players really interacting on social media like that before, and it did kind of worry me a little bit that all was not well in the camp, Um, and obviously then we were were going to see how that was going to take us now in the next few games to come.
1: Yeah, so... Up to the 11th of September, so just a couple of days later, and we play our man, who I'm sure are missing John Delaney these days, Robbie Brady's debut, wasn't it? And, of course, got a goal, Shane Long scoring, Kevin Doyle scoring, and Alex Pearce, there's an obscure one as well, scoring a goal in a 4-1 victory. Darren Randolph making his debut in that game in Craven Cottage. Another game I watched on a phone. uh, I think I was in Bulgaria. I was interrailing at the time. I was in Sunny Beach in Bulgaria, watched it on a phone. Uh, very very uncomfortable experience but uh, you know it's kind of uh, not to elaborate too much on a, on a friendly match against Oman but I suppose gave a little bit of false confidence as we exited that international window
0: Yeah I remember this because we're going down to obviously Craven Cottage which is a brilliant little stadium and, uh, and I mean there wasn't many at it to be fair um, yeah it was this
1: 6,000 six, was the attendance
0: 6,000 yeah and uh, you know I think it was a, a, basically a case of sit where you want to um, but and I remember just I, I was excited about seeing Robbie Brady because he was someone that we'd seen come through at St Kevin's Boys. Yeah, the Irish Club in London, the sports club. We'd done a kind of sponsorship thing with him. So we knew with with St Kevin's Boys over the years. So we knew Robbie Brady and Jeff Hendrick, I know one of your favourites, uh, he'd come through that that uh, particular team. So really excited to see Robbie Brady and he got a goal and it was just that was a real positive thing. We were thinking, this guy's going to be stepping up now, and he's he's
1: had his chance. Excellent. Excellent goal as well. Scored, Wore the number 10 shirt as well. It was a real performance yeah. of confidence, wasn't it? It was,
0: yeah.
1: He was actually a Manchester United player at the time, which would be more yeah, unusual. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then just a month later, lads, uh, <laughs> an Andy Kyo goal in a 6-1 loss to Germany. <laughs> this was a new law, wasn't it? This, this was just... Yeah, this this is when things really, I mean, things are crumbled already, but this is really when we felt, look, it's time to go Trapattoni. Yeah, um, this was a real low point. We, you
2: know, Trapattoni, we we kind of put up with him and his ways and the players probably put up with him and his ways because, you know what, when it came to the big boys, we could compete. Mm. And if you're set up, I've never looked, I've never played football. On any level, really, just five as I can. And, uh, you know, I, I'd imagine if you are getting results, you don't mind, you don't care. You know, you see Jack and the results he got in his, you know, during his, his days and players didn't want to play this side of football, but they start to win games and kind of go, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to eat shit and learn to like it kind of thing. And these guys, obviously. This wasn't happening anymore. The Euros, we were destroyed in the Euros by the top, yeah. fair
1: enough, by the top teams. But we didn't even compete. We were, weren't even close to any but, of those but teams. But it was, it was such a stark contrast of what Travatore had actually solidified and built. Because yeah. what he had built was a functional team that didn't really concede goals, that was very compact. And even before that, even the Stanton era, you wouldn't have, I mean, maybe barred the Cyprus match, but you never had absolute drubbings. Certainly not by the strongest teams. Because even under, under Stanton, Czech Republic and Germany didn't hammer us. Well, we did have a four, only like one nil,
2: nil to Holland, though. Don't forget
1: that. That's oh. true, but but yeah, that's true. But it was a friendly, and yeah, wasn't that, the yeah, wasn't the wasn't the full team, was it? But I mean,
2: no. But uh, what I would say though about that though, we were lucky not to get a hiding against Germany yeah. in, in the first game. Sorry, I don't mean to contradict you. I'm still angry over the the nonsense at Wembley. I say, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but we did we we could have got a hiding against germany that time and that's why when trap came in he solidified everything and went you know don't like it but at least
1: we're not getting we're not getting hammered we're not getting yeah we 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 looked a long way from drubbing's though like it it, it was it was never really on the cards against the best teams and then the euros i suppose spain that was four nil was in italy was two nil not much of a hammering but 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 you never would have thought a trabitoni team would have lost six one at home you and, know, you that, thought, my... and you never would have thought, and you never would have thought that Andy yeah. Keogh would score against Germany either.
0: <laughs> I, I would, I'd agree with you there, completely on that. Like you, when you think, when you know, I know we're doing a review of Trapattoni, era and stuff, but I think Trapattoni was so systematic in his preparation and stuff, and you you think we will contain them; they'll will, will be hard to break down, and we probably won't score, but we we won't get a hiding. And and this one was just this is one of the worst. I've ever seen at home for Ireland um, in, in all my days going. To be honest, I remember just it was so bad. I remember like I remember going into the ground and we were in there you know where our season tickets are, and this was a case of um, in that premium it's kind of premium level, which is just, just happens to be where our season tickets are. Um, but you had the I, I remember just people just after the second goal on forty minutes, a lot of people went out basically half that. Premium level. Watch the game through the glass. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I'm not ashamed to say I was one of them, buddy. And the <laughs> with a point in your hand. Because, yeah, it was just going. It went. Everyone just went to the bar and just went. Fuck, like this is just. This was. It was abysmal. It, it, I know. Like you're looking at the goals and the times they scored them after half an hour, 40 minutes. But it was so. We were so outplayed and we just yeah. didn't look as if we we're doing it. And I think I'd never seen that really from an Ireland team against the top seed in the in a group because. I always thought we're going to be hard to beat at home. We, you know, we we used to always just lose one nil, mate. If we we're going to lose, we'd lose one nil, and it would be their main player who was always going to punish us. Like I think back to like Henri scoring one nil and stuff, stuff like that, or Lewandowski. Yeah. Those kind of players used to come. It was their key man would do, get the goal, and we'd just be thinking, "All oh, right, okay, we only lost one nil against a really good side, but this was an absolute hiding." And I, I just thought this is this is awful now, and and. This is where I think it really, really turned on the fans just for it's kind of end of it now. It's And, and I think we were, to, we were to see that. I think the support had gone, I think, sadly, after this one.
2: Well, it was just coming to roost, really, wasn't it? You know, our yeah. chickens were coming home to roost. It, it wasn't good enough. The manager, uh, I know I know we'll get into a lot more. I mean, John Giles said, you know, he'd been around for some very dark days. Uh, you know, he said this is the worst performance um, he'd ever he'd ever seen like you said I've I've been involved in some horrible performances it was awful and you look I mean let's look at the team that went out there you know Cox and Walters up front all right Simon Cox maybe not fun I mean there's no right Robbie Keane but that wouldn't have made a difference to that result you had McGeady you had James McCarthy Keith Fei Keith Andrews in in the centre of midfield you know Stephen Ward all right fair enough uh, Coleman right back O'Shea Dara D like it's not the worst team that team should not be going out and getting.
1: hiding not at home you know there's enough there the other the other frustrating thing about this even just you going through the lineup David is we kind of gone on to 433 hadn't we Uh, after calls after the Euros and Trapatoni just wouldn't do it properly. Because as I said, like the game against Serbia, that was the first game after the Euros, and James McLean was playing in centre mid on the left hand side, you know. Yeah. And just showed like he, he's playing 4 3 3, but he's kind of taking the piss with it. And it was very similar with this. You know, he he was playing, he was playing three midfielders who just weren't suited. Well, bar maybe James McCarthy, but three midf- midfield players who just weren't yeah. um weren't capable of playing in that system when there prepared. were other players available, Darren Gibson being one of them, Andy Reid being another one of them.
2: This is a, a, an example of the perverseness of Trapattoni. And this is where this goes weird. And we're going to this is one example of it. We're going to have another example of it later on. Uh, something I'll share with you guys. We, um, this is just weird. And so people have to remember with this with Trapattoni. I don't look back in his era with fondness. I met the man, very charming, very nice guy, but it just goes weird. And this is one of them. And you're right. All right, right, we'll play four. All right, you want four, three, three? I'll give you four, three, three. And I'll show you how crap it is and how wrong you are and how right I am. And that was basically what he was trying to do. I'm Trappatoni. I know better than you writers. Because at this stage, he'd fallen out with with the writers. He was saying that, I think he was quoted saying, it's, it's so easy for you to write. Basically, you know, you know nothing. And he was just trying to prove to us how crap we were. So now he was fighting against our like he was fighting against us, essentially. It was just it 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 was going nowhere. He was fighting with the players, fighting with the press, and basically everybody was just turning on each other, and it was
1: bedlam, absolute bedlam. Yeah. Those sentiments kind of backed up by Eamon and after the Germany match, and you know making the point that Trapattoni never really applied himself to the job as he as he should have. And we have mentioned in previous episodes how. His scouting network was, you know, his DVD collection, essentially. And Eamon <laughs> Dunphy, of course, famously saying after the game that he bumped into Mick McCarthy in the corridors in the Aviva Stadium. <laughs> he said he'd uh, that he'd have him back, you know. Yeah. So just just an interesting point there. And, so, and he also said, didn't he, the
2: famous one was, we have to say stop.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Never did. <laughs> Not for a while. So four days later to the Faroe Islands. Martin, were you at this one after your exploits uh, a couple of years before?
0: No, I wasn't at this one. You were banned. Banned. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, just I think the Euros probably rinsed me out of money. Uh, But um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I didn't go to this one. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a reprieve results-wise. You'd expect to beat them over there anyway. But um, yeah. um, Yeah. uh, You know, winning 4-1, a goal for Mark Wilson, I see as well. John Walters, uh, Darren o as well. So, it, yeah, I mean, on the back of the back of it was it was a they had to win basically because he was he was going to be under pressure. Yeah. I mean, if if he if they hadn't have got a result here, he'd have gone surely. I think, um, mm. but um, I, I just kind of see the momentum. I mean, like I, I know that I must say that the notes are brilliant on this, David, as usual, but. It's more entertaining reading the, you know, some of the quotes from the, the lads in the studio than actually remembering the football um, on this because it's just it, it, I think it just it was kinda of gone in my head, I think, as well as a as a fan. I just thought we're not gonna qualify and I know I know it was still mathematically possible and stuff, but with that hiding against Germany, I thought, you know, goal difference comes into these things as well sometimes and you're all right, you're not expecting to qualify with Germany in the group. As number one, so and we never do that anyway. But you just thought you can't afford to lose six one to, to to that team because it was would come to goal difference down to second yeah. third place. So yeah, it was important. Yeah, I
2: actually I, I watched this. This is when it was during a time when Ireland away matches was becoming increasingly more difficult uh, to watch over here in the UK, which is something is just bizarre when you consider the potential market here for the FAI if anyone's listening from the FAI I'm sure if someone is mm. you know exploit the english market for the love of god um you you probably more irish people in london than you do on the island of ireland just saying but anyway um yeah i was actually very lucky to get a um a stream for this and it was an unauthorized stream which was amazing an illegal stream and i remember just a the game disclaimer right. disclaimer An alleged legal stream. But I don't I I mean, fuck it. I paid my TV license fee over in Ireland, (laughs) I I think. Um, But, you know, but like, I remember just watching this and yeah, the match was pretty standard. We hammered them, you know, I mean, we should be hammering them really. We just battered through Faroe Islands Mm -hmm. and I think they just kind of gave up really once we went to uh, 2 0. Well, three one up, I suppose. Um, and Mark Wilson, I remember scored. Now, see son the bastard? Yeah. Who, who? You know, and that was his return. But this, I remember the aftermath of this game, and it was I rewatched the video, and I've obviously put the quotations here. And this was pathetic from Lean Brady, and I love Lean Brady a bit. So he's a great player, but his it's maybe pathetic is a bit harsh, but it was desperate defending from him trying to defend the. Trapatoni. it was just it was completely at this stage. If I, I you kind, it was almost difficult to watch. Lean Brady actually on, on the telly at this stage. Really, if you rewatch that video, um basically Eamon, you know, says he goes on about how he had players on the blacklist like Wilson, McCarthy. Wilson was banned from the team for two years. It's funny about.
1: It's funny about Wilson because scoring in that game because he was playing left back, wasn't he? And they kind of yeah. said, was it the? I think it was the Northern Ireland game in the Carling Nations Cup or the Carling Nations League or whatever when we beat Northern Ireland five yeah. one. And Stephen Ward came in for Wilson. Wilson was meant to come in as the left back to kind of replace Kevin Kilban. and Ward came in instead. And Ward scored, didn't he? And then it. Ward ended up being the the first choice for years, where Wilson was kind of wasn't he compared to Real Ferdinand by. By Harry Redknapp because he was a ball playing centre half and he was yeah. I mean look I mean he, he uh, I think he's retired already he's he's taken a job in the in I uh, coaching and uh, I mean he he kind of went off the radar very early but it was the likes of that you know the fact that he pulled out early and Trapattoni just didn't fancy him again because of that even though it was an injury and then it just showed that someone like Stephen Ward Got you know, I don't want to personally per- personally bash a player but I mean yeah. as, as I, I think I said to you I don't know if I said on an episode or off air. But there is, um, there is a statistic about Ward and the percentage of goals that he was kind of, that kind of came down his side mm. um, or, or he was kind of directly responsible for. It. It's, it's a massive percentage. Now, I don't want to quote it without having it in yeah. front of me. He but, wasn't but up it to kind of, it. He wasn't up to And I kind of show that someone like Wilson um, simply being injured, uh, that this was in Trapattoni's mind um, a black mark.
2: And yeah, and basically he uh, he he actually made a comment about Gibson. I forgot to mention it was during the first Trapitani episode where Gibson was injured and this, you know, obviously the wheels have fallen off the relationship with Gibson. Uh, uh, yeah, with Gibson and he turns around, ah, the foot or the ankle. And he saw He's like, ah, yes, it's 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 the new excuse of players. You know, like the the new
1: sickness, or Yeah, yeah. I think it was in the notes. Yeah, it was something a bit petty. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, it's like you don't need to say that. Like you need this. You need these lads to show up for you. You know, like you can't go out and buy a player. And anyway, but yeah. And just to go back to Liam Brady, uh, Eamon, Eamon turned around and he was going on about these players, Wilson, McCarthy, Coleman, who were on the blacklist. Then Liam cuts across him and he's like, well, he was busy qualifying us for the Euros. And he was saying that, well, we're we're, we're trying to hound this guy out a job and we will look ridiculous to the football world if we sack this man. And John Giles, uh, uh, Bill comes in and goes to John, John, will we look ridiculous? And, you know, if we if we sack this man and John says, no, I don't think so. And he says, I don't care about the rest of the world because they don't know the circumstances of his employment. And of course, Liam is not going to have any of that. And John's absolutely right. Yes. If you look at it, oh, why, why would they trap? Why would he sack Trappertoni, the great Trappertoni? Because they don't understand the intricacies of what's going on with this man, the falling outs and all that stuff. But then Liam also goes on. Uh, I didn't put the quotes down on on, on the notes. Um, but then Liam starts going on like, oh, uh, you know, he can change like give him a chance he can change and there's, you know this this is a chance for us to change here and they're saying he, he won't change Liam and it's like why won't he like that I remember you know he's really desperate when he says it to him Like, and why won't he change you, you, you saw in Paris in 2009 three years previous you know they could play they could play the football uh you know they could play proper football so why can't he change which is this is why I'm saying that Lean was, was was almost pathetic and quite desperate. And this is probably where Orte, it was quite difficult to watch because it was just. Clearly him just defending his friend, that yeah. the integrity don't integrity is not the right word, um, but the the spirit of the punditry the spirit of the pundit was completely gone out the window where you have to call it as you see it he wasn't yeah. calling it as he sees it he's clearly defending a friend
1: and because his argument was absolutely ludicrous to yeah. say that a manager was, can change it was, it was overwhelming bias wasn't it and speaking <laughs> about you know having your friends yeah. back so the fai actually backing trapatoni uh, just a couple of days later and that was said to be a massive surprise from the trapatoni camp wasn't it because they were expecting to be sacked yeah. And then it kind of transpired that the FAI just, just couldn't afford to sack him. Because, I mean, yep. the, the severance would have been too much. And I suppose instead of paying him off and instead of sacking him, they actually asked him to do a little bit more in his job, which should have, should have been the minimum requirement. They actually asked him to start traveling to the games mm-hmm. over in the UK and, and, and further afield to actually scout the players actively rather than watching DVDs in Italy.
0: Um, yeah, I remember this kind of quite, quite like, distinctly. And I remember, like, it was a kind of kind of compromise situation. It was like a informal renegotiation of what we all would expect him to be doing as a manager anyway. I mean, he was old school, we knew that. It was just a bit weird thing. It was like, and ultimately we know now, it came down to money. They couldn't afford to get rid of him and he wasn't going to be doing any kind of gentleman's agreement walking away from a payoff. So, like yeah. like you said, they was, I remember just distinctly again, like they were, they were surprised. I was expecting him to go. I, I honestly was. And I I was just amazed that um, he was still there basically. And I just kind of felt the vibe of, we don't know the full facts of all this this kind of deal and stuff. And ultimately now, look, we can look back eight years later and we know the financial situation with the FAI. We knew this guy's wages were being covered by someone else as well. So I mean, it just was really... We never really read enough into it that that time. Now it's kind of this is actually what's going on at this this association, and there's no that i have kept with him. But I think again, he 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 lost massive key players, and he's also lost a lot of the hardcore fans. I honestly believe that. Yeah,
1: and and just just a point to make as well, just um kind of that international window, uh, you know, where we beat the Faroe Islands, Sweden were kind of considered our biggest rivals in that group, weren't they? I mean, it's always a kind of a fight for second place when Germany's in your group. But Germany were 4-0 up against them. And Sweden actually came back to draw for all. So that put even more pressure on Trapatoni, uh, even within that international window, even though we beaten the Faroe Islands. And just to kind of sum up the year of 2012, so a 1-0 loss against uh, Greece. I just remember Georgia Samaras was unbelievable in that game. Uh, game I was at myself, and we always kind of just quote the, the young player of the year and the player of the year for 2012. So the young player of the year was James McCarthy, and the player of the year who was probably Euros, which says a huge amount. Uh, huge win of the Euros for us, not for not for everyone in general, but Keith Andrews and Ireland finishing off the year ranked as the 42nd best team in the world. Grim year, wasn't it, lads? From twentieth to um, top
2: twenty for the first time in mm. seven years to forty second, it was a fall from grace, really, and we would continue to fall, really, and just, just you know, to come on Martin's point there about trap, they couldn't afford to get rid of him. <sighs> trap should have resigned at this stage, you know, and considering what, what what we're going to talk about in the next match as well, it it, it had gone too ridiculous. but It was just ridiculous. And it, it got a bit... It got silly, really, with the manager. Like, it was utterly ridiculous. He should have resigned. He should have stepped down. He had taken... He got. He was on a huge contract. He didn't need the money. That, I presume, anyway. And, you know, he should have stepped down. The results weren't good enough. And yeah. the way things are going on, like... He wasn't doing the job. How can you watch players on a DVD? It's outrageous.
1: You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you can't watch them. At this stage, like what he picked up from was Steve Staunton. We needed a quick fix. We needed one of the best ever. Yeah. You know, that's what we needed. We, we, we could have appointed, you know, Jesus, Allardyce or Martin O'Neill at the time or whoever. We needed one of the best ever to steady the ship, to get things back on track, and to qualify us for a tournament. And we were going to sacrifice a lot by doing that. We were probably going to sacrifice the style of play. We were probably going to sacrifice young players getting called up. We were going to sacrifice an awful lot of things. He'd served the purpose. He, he steadied the ship. He'd, he'd you know turned what was a shambles into something a lot more respectful and a, a lot more functional. He qualified us for a tournament. And we didn't perform at the tournament. And then after the tournament, things were just free-falling so it it was the time to go he'd done an honorable job and it it wasn't easy on the eye but he he'd served his purpose he had served his purpose and at that stage it was the right time to go Mm -hmm. yeah so coming into 2013 lads and this just epitomizes the first game Um, and just before that just a little note so Shay, given more or less being told that his his Ireland career was over by Trapatoni and because he retired didn't he and then he kind of kind of said he wasn't retiring and then Trapatoni kind of said well you know there's no place for you and David Ford to kind of establish himself as number one uh, well Kieran Westwood did it first didn't he and then Ford yeah. came in and uh, then Westwood come out of the team after the Germany game and the first game of 2013 this just epitomized Trapatoni at the time a 2-0 victory against Poland Kieran Clark and Wes Hulan scoring now two players that Trapatoni wasn't a massive fan of for whatever reason not for personal reasons just for kind of Footballing reasons and his reaction to both their goals, in particular, was Huland's goal for the yeah. second was unbelievable.
2: A face like thunder, and anybody listening to this thinks, I'll "Give it over, Dave, you're exaggerating." I implore you to put in this match on YouTube. It's on YouTube with Polish commentary and have a look at Trapatoni's face. Tardelli goes to hug him. Tardelli's, that's just Tardelli's happy, he's excitable chap. And Trapattoni standing there with his arms folded with a face like thunder. And he has a look of don't touch me to Tardelli because he is yeah. angry because people wanted to see Wes he in the team at this stage because there was there was calls. Why isn't he in the team we need a bit of creativity? He, he's basically Andy Reid 2.0. Um, for trap And he was just like, Minus the guitar Minus the guitar And he's like Jesus I've got to put the like. They're going to ask For this guy to be in Instead And this is the perverse In cellar, lads, And anybody listening Normally when a player Scores you go Lovely I've got somebody now This is great This I can do this And it was a lovely goal as well It was actually a beautiful goal In fact Lovely technique And you're thinking I have somebody now That I can bring into my team now He can do it fantastic but that's what a normal manager do not trapattoni it's like oh my god it's not a problem they will want this guy with his goals and his lovely passing and his progressive style of football you know and they're going to want this guy in here god almighty you know th- th- this is just this is just poison to trapattoni and this is how ridiculous it had got and remember we're paying this man 1.2 million quid a year for this it
1: was just outrageous. And, and Hulham. Is... can we just mention Hulham was playing unbelievably in the Premier League? Like he was one of, yeah. he, I, I would argue he was one of the standing midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah. That's I'm well, not well. just saying that through looking through tinted green uh, glasses or whatever, but he, he genuinely was one of the standing midfielders in the Premier League that year for Norwich.
2: Yeah. And you can't get a game in. And instead he's playing like likes of Paul, not against Paul Green. He's playing like Paul Green. I do. Well, no, you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's just outrageous. Like, what? <sighs> yeah, mm. it's just, and and people have to remember this. This is why we do these podcasts to remind people of this. So, anybody, any what, any trap, apologists out there, just listen to this. Like, look at that video. It's outrageous.
1: And and just another argument uh, against Trap tony So Stephen Kelly left out the squad, wasn't he? Because apparently he was demanding to play against the Faroe Islands just a couple of months before, and. Because he didn't get his position or because he um, didn't get his wish to actually play, he he was allowed to leave. And Kelly responded by saying that he was absolutely disgusted by these accusations. And again, the FAI, with another on goal, saying that they wished that Trapatoni would keep all of these matters in-house. But again, we're building almost a starting eleven. Of players under Trapattoni who he's fallen out with or who he's alienated or isolated. Stephen Kelly, who was vastly experienced, you know, a Premier League player of over 10 years at that stage, and was uh, uh, because, uh, because of a miscommunication and, and pure stubbornness.
0: Yeah, I think all these things coming out, though, all these leaks of, of things, you know, like the FAI, you'd expect that under a more controlled, you know, non Italian manager in a way. You know, like I think the language barrier is a massive thing. But you know you'd expect some things just to remain internal. You didn't want leaks coming out like that. But I actually like and respect Kelly for coming out and and saying like he's disgusted by this because yeah he kind of but but it also worried me because I just think how come this is coming out like there's something wrong there in the communication and it was like it was like the FAI it just seemed very amateurish like you had the FAI employing this guy who doesn't even go and watch the games picking a squad but then he's actually pissing off and falling out with the players who are or, who who are we know them. We we were actually watching them play in the Premier League. You know, we're seeing Wes play well for Norwich and you're thinking, God, only and he comes on and scores a goal and we're thinking, yeah, brilliant. Like oh wow, what a player Wes Hoolahan is, he's gonna be brilliant for Ireland and stuff. But then the, the manager's pissed yeah. off with that. It doesn't make sense. And he's calling out players. He's he's just trying to annoy them. And I don't think the language thing was, was the main thing. It was just, that was tony style. Where he just antagonized the squad. And that's where I honestly think he, he, he lost them then. You know, they, mm. why would you play for someone it's a, like that? And it's,
1: just, it's, it's, it's a different generation though, isn't it? Because I mean, like if you look at the modern player now and even in more recent years, how people respond to Roy Keane. And there's always that argument that Manchester United were so successful in the 90s because that generation of, of player and that generation of person in general was maybe just able to take that little bit more uh, grit, you know, maybe able to take that little bit more borderline abuse, let's say, because it actually motivated them and it toughened them up where the modern footballer, even though I know we're only talking maybe 10, 15 years in the difference, but, but that generation of footballer does not respond to criticism, does not respond to aggression. What they respond to is praise and having the arm older over the shoulder. And, you know, some people might call that soft, but, if you look at Sir Alex Ferguson, he always tried to kind of um, keep his management contemporary and move with the times, and that included yeah. getting immersed in what a young player is into, how their mind works, where Trapattoni, keep in mind, he's managing since the, the 70s. And, and as I said, in the 70s, people were maybe made of even tougher stuff. So to come in with this mentality just wasn't going to be effective with an Ireland team that, that did need an arm over the shoulder.
0: Yeah, and it also shows that like, Kelly, for, to come out in the media and fight back against that and correct that means he he's really really angry about that himself because yeah. he's been questioned. So he that's his way. Like he can't he can't he can't obviously go to the manager and say that's wrong what you just done. Like I can't. And he obviously hadn't had that relationship with him, and that's not down to language, Barry. That's just Trapattoni's style and distance. And you know, uh, big worrying times because then your players aren't going to play for you.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, coming into
0: the
1: Sweden and March, so just to put it into context, even though we had a disastrous kind of start, we were still in and around the top, you know. I mean, Germany were kind of pulling away, the weren't they, in, in the table, but we were, yeah. we were certainly vying for the playoff, because at the end of the day, we had beaten Kazakhstan, we had beaten the Faroe Islands, and um, it was only Germany we lost even if it was a hammering, and uh, as I mentioned already, we were unfortunate that the Swedes had actually um, come back from 4-0 down to, to draw for all with Germany. So, a nil nil draw against Sweden. And Ben Whelan, who was the irreplaceable man under Travatoni, uh, pulls up in the warm-up. And who comes in but none other than James McCarthy? And McCarthy subsequently wins, wins man of the match. So, uh, you know, boring enough nil all. There wasn't really much in it, was there. But, but the one thing that did stand out in people's memories was James McCarthy's performance and, of course, the RTE panel's reaction after the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember this
2: game. James McCarthy wasn't anywhere near the... He wasn't going to be in the starting line and people have been calling him for his inclusion for ages and then all of a sudden he's in and he has Man of the Match. What a surprise. The lads on form. Mm. And yet again, I remember watching uh, this on another RTE <coughs> stream. Um over here which is fantastic and uh, you know, a- Eamon comes out and I-, I just watched this video again the other day and he, he comes out with great points although it's like shooting fish in the barrel at this rate you know, he says he he, he has a goal with the lack of speed that McCar- James McCarthy and Coleman were introduced to his squad and how Wilson was banned by the manager for two years over mistaken identity Then Liam is like having to go, oh, I haven't given the manager credit for this match today. You know, and I think he was going on Ronnie Whelan was on commentary. And he said, Ronnie didn't say one word for Trapattoni, Like he was just gone on about James McLean. And the reason why is because yet again, in spite of Trapattoni, a player's come in and done a job and done a job that we all knew that he could do. And, you know, even Liam Brady has said that James, James McCartney is a best midfielder. Yeah. And, you know, I think he says it a couple of games later, actually. Sorry, but spoiler alert. Um, and you're like, you can't defend this, Liam. You can't defend this. And <laughs> Eamon turns around and he says, about traffic, he goes, he's got more form than the train robbers uh, for mistreating <laughs> the players. Um, obviously, And then Bill cuts in and goes, well, that, that you know, that's a joke. It's a dangerous observation, but it's a joke, obviously. But then he goes, you know, we've every right to question the manager. And, you know, Liam's trying to defend him again. And then, of course, we have the quote from the beginning, from the beginning of the show, uh, you know, and Bill asks the panel, have you seen a new beginning, you know, because we did play very well against Sweden, you know, the, the fullbacks were attacking and Sweden were kind of, I think in the end, Sweden were lucky to come out with, with a 0-0, yeah. they, they were happy with that. And this, and this showed you what this team is capable of, you know, Trappertoni didn't pull off any miracles by getting us to the Euros. You know, this was this was the quality that was available in that team. If you played role, right, if you gave him, if you gave them the encouragement that they needed and the nurturing that they needed, and you brought players in, the good young players coming through, there was enough quality there to to get the job done to qualify us um, for the World Cup in Brazil that year. But you know, obviously,
1: spoiler alert, but um, that doesn't happen, yeah. does it? Yeah. So it leads us on to our next game, and and uh, as we mentioned that clip at the start of the show. Eamon Dunphy, when asked, is this a new era in Irish football? He said, well, we'll wait till Thursday. And Thursday came and we play Oshry at home, leading 2-1 through John Walters. Uh, two goals uh, were leading in stoppage time. And then rather than taking the ball into the corner, Paul Green uh, decides to kind of feck around in the middle of the park. We give the ball away and then David Alaba or David Alaba scores an absolute... Thunder bastard, to make it two all, um, you know when we were very much in the mix for a playoff spot, that was a very tough one to take, lads, and and that just showed the lack of game management that that we'd suffered, uh, you know, in the twenty ten campaign, and I suppose the stages in the twenty twelve campaign as well, just not being able to hold leads and conceding late, it, it was a difficult one to take.
0: This this one did, hurt. I remember, um, again, uh, you know, I always say about the, the, you know, the best. Player, a threat. Um, you know, I know he. I think he played fullback, but he just moved forward, didn't he? At the, towards the end, when they were chasing the goal, and it just came yeah. to him, and he had that quality, and it was a great goal. But yeah, like you, just game management. You've got to see out these games, and we were there. We, we we did the business. You know, we were two. You know, two, two one. Okay, we were one no down and forget as well. So you know, we did really well to come back and. and it was this was good as well. I kinda remember this is like John Walt was really getting going for Ireland and being a threat. Yeah. he would 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 obviously come on to kind of be for Ireland. But yeah, um I also remember like I'm just looking at the team here now, like Connor Salmon played up front. <laughs> we were hardly blessed really there. But um oh, good. You know, it was just it was such a change in kind of time in a way. Um and I, I just think yeah, we we kind of blew it. I remember just being so distraught and leaving the ground because it was such a late goal. And you know they were they were delighted with Austria because it was such a close group for second place. Yeah, um, you know we're all level going into that, and and to to concede at home when you you're actually in a winning position at that late in the game, it just just hurt an awful lot.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It was it was a difficult one to stomach. Of course, Wes Houlihan not even getting off the bench. In that game and it was just yeah it was just deja vu of of surrendering leads wasn't it and then just a couple of months later lads we we play england for the first time in about 18 years uh shane long scoring after 13 minutes a glorious header from a great uh jamis common corner wasn't it and then frank lampard scoring only 10 minutes later i was actually going on my j1 the next morning and um I had a few of the lads over and yeah, we got absolutely blitzed and I nearly missed my flight. And then huh. the next the next two games I actually watched on my J1 in Dublin's in Santa Barbara. So a little shout out to them, even though they most certainly won't be listening. Um back to back wins against the mighty Georgia. If you look actually, if you think about it, lads, a 4 0 victory against Georgia. So Richard Keogh scoring on his debut, Simon Cox scoring, and then Robbie Keane getting two goals. A 4-0 victory against Georgia by today's standards is a phenomenal result because they don't concede many, do they? And then a 3-0 victory against the Faroe Islands in the, in the qualifier just three days later, Robbie Keane scoring a hat-trick. And sandwiched in between those two games, Richard Dawn was actually released by Aston Villa and hadn't played a game the previous season after Euro 2012, of course, joining QPR. July so when uh, seven goals in two games lads was probably the highlight of the dying embers of the Trapatoni era
0: yeah I remember this I mean it was a great going to Wembley um obviously on our own patch here um and, and I remember we had amazing uptake of tickets and stuff everyone wanted to go and see Ireland playing at Wembley the new Wembley especially so that was brilliant and obviously the Shane goal uh Shane Long's goal I just, just Remember that and Traper Tony's reaction for some reason. It was really good. This um we got to go. I was really lucky enough to be able to go to Wembley for, to, to watch them training for it, and that was brilliant. Um, and like pitch side and everything, a few of us got into to that, which the FAR arranged, which was, was fantastic. Um, to see us there. And uh I remember this had obviously come just after um obviously England hadn't qualified had they for. Was it well? We were all doing the Wally with the Broly thing, basically, where, where Steve McLaren stood because it was pissing down and we had an umbrella for some reason. So we were all doing impressions of him. But um, yeah, great to go to Wembley. I, I just remember that. And then it was a weird thing, you know. I also I think I'm often repetitive on these ones where, you know, end of the season, this is, this is end of May, and then they were going off then to New York, weren't they, to, to play against Spain? And, and they had a key game in between which is the one at home against the Faroes uh, where they won 3-0. So they're, they're hard games, but you would have the way the kind of planning went, you know, you're at a loss you, anyway, because if you're going into that, all the players want to be on holiday, don't they? But they actually had yeah. four games together. So it was a key one, obviously, getting that result against the Faroes. And, and obviously Robbie got a hat-trick. So that was um, like, you know, if you're looking back there, Robbie's got five and three games there, three or four games. So,
1: yeah. That 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 game in the states actually completely forgot about that one. So 2-0 loss to to Spain uh, in New York. But didn't Sean St Ledger have a goal chalked off, like a very very inconspicuous goal chalked off um, at 1-0 So you know we could have could have come away with the with the one all there because they were you know they were double champions, weren't they? They were. You know, European, double European Championship winners and World Cup holders at the time. And I know it was an end-of-season friendly, but we were very unlucky not to come out with a draw. Yeah,
0: I think we wore that. the black kit as well at this, didn't we? I think I just, for some reason... I, yeah, I we did, yeah, that's on right. TV yeah. And then we wore the black kit. It wasn't a bad shirt, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we wore that kit against Wales then on the 14th of August. And I was in Las Vegas for this game. I know this isn't all about me, but I was I was in (laughs) Vegas for that game. I didn't I didn't I didn't get it. I just remember because I am a Bowles fan as as many people know and Paddy Madden, he was with Yeovil at the time, but he actually made his debut against Wales that that day and I was absolutely delighted from. So just before we resume with the qualifiers and the last couple of games of the Troppetone era, so James McCarthy Joining Everton on the third of September after an absolutely fantastic season with Wigan, he won the FA Cup with them, I think that summer, did he?
0: Mm-hmm. Didn't
1: Wigan beat City? Yeah. yeah, and then he then he went to he followed Roberto Martinez, didn't he? And he had a, ended up having an unbelievable season for Everton then. Um, and the the other thing, sorry guys, I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but I suppose seeing as we've we've uh, spoken about McCarthy today, he's a guy that gets a little bit of slagging from Irish fans, and I was only thinking about this earlier today. I mean. This is a guy who went through years of sectarian abuse up in Scotland, just to play for Ireland. And you know the the, the slagging he gets sometimes um, because of his injury record and so on. I mean, you know, he he endured a lot to play for us. But anyway, little tangent. I just thought I'd I'd throw that in. So we resumed then in September with the uh, with the game against Sweden at home, and another example of not being able to hold on to a lead. A two-one loss to a. Latan Ibrahimović inspires Sweden. So Robbie Keane scoring a goal after 22 minutes only for 57-year-old Anders Svensson <laughs> to score a winner after Johan Elamander had equalized just 10 minutes after the Keane goal. Lads, just another example of, you know, not being able to manage the game correctly and possibly getting what we deserved in the end. Yeah, this
2: was, the, for me, this was the end of the Trapetoni era, uh, this game. That was it. Uh, if we won this match Going into this game We were in a decent position Germany You know They were going to be group winners They were 16 points Austria Where 11 We were 11-2 And, and Sweden A game less We on 8 points So We do the business Against these guys And We're looking at Sweden On
1: 11 I think No sorry Yeah um, for, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Sweden. Yeah, sorry, they were on eleven points as well. We, we were all we we're all gridlocked really on eleven. Yeah, yeah we gr- so, uh, so the, this was this was winner takes all essentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. So at this point, yeah, um, we would have been gridlocked with Sweden. So we were, yeah, we we would have. I'm messing this one up. Uh, yeah. So after this game, Germany were on nineteen, Sweden fourteen, Austria eleven. We were on eleven too. We had a great chance to push Sweden completely out of the running here. And then just have a battle between ourselves and Austria, and we we messed it up. the um, the, the performance was flat. We were good with the Robbie Keane goal, and then they got the goal, and that was it. After the equaliser, we just fell apart. We there was nothing. And you have Wes Houlihan sitting on the bench, Mister Creativity, and the manager wouldn't play him. Mm. And this is yeah. this perverse nature of the manager. And you, you're thinking like you you are not. For us, you're against us now. You know at this stage, like, are are you, you know, do you want us to win? Like, and it kind of got to that stage a bit. I think with Tony, like, do you want us to win? Do you actually care? You know, or are you just that stubborn um, where you just cannot admit you're wrong, and you just will not give in to the writers? Jenna Day, it doesn't matter. You know what the writers say if somebody's a better player, you play them and he, he just wouldn't do it. And this was the end of it, really. So, yeah we, yeah, we had a great chance to we could have gone. We would have been second in the group if we had won this game yeah. and we would have been battling out with Austria. Now, it wasn't we weren't home and hosed by any means because we still had Germany away from home, yeah. uh, you Austria, know, of course. Yeah, but we could have been in a lot healthier position. And yeah, this this for me was just the end of it, really. I mean, the game against Austria, you know, um, it it was shaky because if we had have beaten Austria, so if we had have beaten Austria and we had have won this match here, okay, that would have been what? We would have been on 14. We would have been on 16 points and Austria would have been on 10 and Mm. Sweden would have been on 11. We would have been actually well away if we had have held on against austria and done the business against sweden and we would have had that momentum, then we
1: would we, we would have been pushing germany at that stage i mean we I would have been pushing i germany. think if we if we beat germany away we only would have been two points yeah. behind with kazakhstan to come at home so that and won the, their loss against against austria so david and, alaba with the late goal yeah and, and the ireland you know.
2: team of old on the trap probably could have mm. could, could have got a result in in cologne but you
1: know
0: yeah, this yeah. was the thing. You know, we were in contention despite all the kind of negativity. I just remember it being a really negative kind of supporter experience in a way. Just every all this crap coming out of the camp. Players weren't happy. Who's picking? Things like that. You know, we weren't inspired by the likes of Conor Salmon and the play players like that. But we were picking up results. And Robbie was in decent form when he played. A lot of goals. And we were. It, it just shows you like we, we were in, in the lead in two of our home games. And we blew it and yeah. against the, the the rival teams so like Austria and Sweden so you know you, you can't afford to blow that because you you know away we'd have took a draw you know against those teams and all right you know we then went on and lost against Austria after obviously losing to Sweden at home and we thought it was gone then and you know because I think we wanted to be in a position of knowing I don't know why, again, you know, we have this weird optimism as Irish fans thinking, if we're in contention and we need to go to Germany and all we need is a draw, Germany will let us draw with them, kind of thing, instead of qualified. We had that kind of mindset, I remember that, because like, it, it was just between us, straight fight out between Austria and Sweden, and, it, it, you know, if you look back now at the results, it's just criminal that we were in the lead in both of them games and blew it, mm-hmm. and very similar to, you know, um, Kerr again, with Israel that time as well. Letting in late goals, not manage able to manage games and stuff, and you just think if these are experienced pros. They've got to know that, but it's just, I just lazy. It's, it was lazy. lazy yeah. It was lazy
2: for the manager. Yeah. It was like it's like when you play, you know, I'm showing me age here now, and you're you're playing like LMA manager, and you're just sitting yeah, skip game, <laughs> skip game, skip game, yeah, skip game, <laughs> skip game. He was just lazy. Like the, the manager didn't care at this rate. I I find I, I I personally believe he didn't care. He was just I'm getting my money here. You know, I'm Trapatoni, these guys. Didn't care rubbish.
1: or didn't care or was far too stubborn. You know, that's 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 the other thing. Well, I, it kind of works hand in hand, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I don't know. I'd I'd like to think too stubborn because I think to, to not care would be borderline criminal. You know, you're stealing a living. So all right, I'll say maybe too stubborn, but then you're thinking you're not actually managing the game, as Martin correctly says. That's laziness. Putting your team out a week before a game is laziness. Not really trying to unearth new t- or not bringing in new players because you don't want to bed them in. That's la- that is laziness. That is complete laziness. And the manager was just completely lazy. He got a retirement gig here. Um, we needed it. And it, we thought, you know, we, we had a coup, but, I, you know, to quite aim at fee was an expensive mistake. And... We really, it it was a tough situation because when he qualified for the Euros and we were abysmal during the Euros. I mean, I'm a, I like to think I'm a fair person. I I I see the logic in offering him another deal. Mm. You know, he's got you to the Euros. So we had to fire him or said, "No, nah, listen, traps. Thanks for that, but we're going to get rid of you." You know, we would have called John O'Leary, all sorts of things. You know, um, who knows what's in the future. At the time, but it it was just these young players coming through, we, we, we there was a decent team there. I mean, not our best team by any means, but there was enough quality there to get out of this group
1: with Austria. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that that I watched, was a poor Austrian side. You know, I know Alaba was, quality was there and so on, but it was it was yeah. a poor Austrian side. It wasn't an amazing Swedish side yeah. either, bar as Ladan. So we were playing a couple of one-team wonders, weren't we? Or one-player wonders.
2: Germany stand out, like, head and yeah. shoulders above the rest. Well, they, but even then, well, they, there, won they that were... World Cup. Yeah, they won the World Cup, you know. So, yeah, fair enough. But I mean, to be nowhere near a playoff place in the end uh, with the players coming through, the likes of Colm and the manager just picking poor players, picking the wrong team. And, you know, Amo at the end of the Austria game turns around and, you know, he says, I think Trapp has gone 1.8 million, 1.4 to one2 it He's been an expensive mistake. The game's crying out for Houlihan. Uh, we're not far away from finishing second in this group. Uh, the perversity continued. He brings on Connor Salmon. Um, yeah. And then, you know, he, he continues. The depressing thing is, with all his greatness, he hasn't worked for four years. And he hasn't, by the way. And he's one mm-hmm. of the highest paid managers in football. And then he goes on to make a point about how Bosch is on something like, I think he's on like a couple hundred grand or a hundred grand uh, with the Spanish FA. Mm-hmm. And then Liam comes comes into it. And he's like, well, you know, that's nasty, you know, to bring his salary into this. You know, apparently he was going on, he's in credit with the FAI, which I suppose he is in terms of the match against France, although that is sort of, you know, Clutching the straws a little bit. Well, it's it's
1: well, it's come out in recent years, hasn't it? I mean, Shay Gibbons book, as we mentioned, that the, the players kind of you know let themselves off the shackles against France. It wasn't Trappettoni's instruction yeah. that 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 kind of harboured that result. Yeah. Um absolutely. I mean,
2: I, the the players just went, ah no, we are just gonna do this. And it does happen sometimes, and it's good. And Trabatoni you know, took credit for it. And Lean tried to give him credit for it as well. I mean, Lean was there. Um, he was on the sidelines, I suppose, that night in Paris. Um, but he, even even when he goes on um, in in his defence, a trap and he talks about... Uh, he's obviously on about the TV rights money as well for the playoff because I think TFI paid an absolute fortune. And, um, you know, and then Liam, when he says that, and, you know, we had to take into account... And it was a disgrace what happened there. And, uh, you know, what went on there was an absolute... And you're kind of thinking, Liam, you're desperate again, mate. You're trying to deflect it by sort of going on about the whole part. We know what happened in Paris, mate. We, we, we get it. But, you know, he's kind of like he's bringing up about what happened in Paris. Hmm. And you're thinking you're just trying to deflect your mate here. Um, You know, Bill asks, you know, should should he be sacked? And Eamon goes, yeah, you know, he should be sacked a long time ago for not doing his job. And, you know, Liam does acquiesce. And then eventually he says, yeah, you know, look, it's gone. He should have been gone. But, you know, I, I have a big issue with Liam um, Brady here, you know, in his palm tree because he's he's defending his mate um, for not playing
1: Wes Ulham, which is criminal. Um, mm-hmm. And
2: then you know, well, as you yeah. said,
1: David, I mean, it, it it took a lot of integrity out of Brady's position. Yeah, you know, on that panel.
2: Yeah, of course it did. I mean, he should have been he almost should have been removed from it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for the fact that he's such a legend. Like it, it just, uh, I mean, I suppose from an entertaining point of view. It was pretty fun, but from a from a poetry point of view and to get an honest opinion, it was no, it was it was a conflict it was a huge, huge conflict of interest. Um But for a minute, I mean, looking back at some of these videos, they they are priceless. And, you know, I suggest anybody try to have a look at them and we'll share them on Lanson Road. Um and bits and pieces, but like it, it is. It's embarrassing, really, for for Liam. You know, I suppose he's defending his mate, but you're you're not You're not there to defend your mate. You're there to do your jobs upon it and call the yeah. games. You see it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, we, so we, we knew it was. It was over. Be as transparent
1: but, as possible. Yeah. Uh,
0: the, the thing with the fans, so I remember this after this game. I know that I know a few people. Uh, texted John Delaney and said, "Look, it's it's gone now. It's time. You you know what you've got to do, basically." <laughs> And the kind of response was yeah, we do know and, and that was it then. You know, this was the the end for Trappertoni basically. But I, I think he lost a lot of the fans because looking back, I mean, this is what is these are brilliant these podcasts for, for doing that, obviously. Um this was a group that we could have got out of if you look back and we were in the positions to do it. And mm. that was inspired the manager because I don't think he really brought anything to to this group of players. I honestly mm. don't. And um you know, I know he qualified for 2012, which was brilliant. That was his job. That's what we wanted him to do, like you said, Nick. And I think he did that. All right, we flopped massively over there. But the fact is, we were on a bit of a high that we had qualified. We were competing. And we should have kicked on from that and, and qualified again. You know, this was a World Cup we could have qualified for. It's just so disheartening looking back now. You know, we were, we were very close, 2010. 2012, yeah. we did it. 2014, should have again. You know, we had... Uh-huh big players, big professionals who should have seen out the games and stuff, you know, playing at the top level. Um, And, and, you know, he he just wasn't going to adapt to anything. I just think in hindsight, after 2012, he'd have gone, you could have had a new start. You probably would have been forgiven for that, that manager coming in, would have had a whole campaign. And it was winnable, you know, even with that players that we had, it wasn't like we'd, Flopped massively and, and weren't competing in the qualification because we proved we had. we had a decent team. Mm. Um, again, you know, I know you're going to come on to it now. So, yeah, I'll let you lead into the, what happens next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, 11th of September. So, remembered for a lot of obvious reasons, but it was also the day that Giovanni Trapattoni was eventually sacked by the FAI. So, speaking to Pat Kenny on News Talk, John Delaney said that the financial cost of ending Trapattoni and Tardelli's contracts early was not something substantial. Well, not in his eyes anyway. I suppose money isn't really any object to that man. And just to state his record there, so Giovanni Trapattoni, 64 games in charge, 26 wins, 22 draws and 16 losses. Just an interesting point as well, lads. he actually did a longer stint as Ireland manager than he did as Italy manager. And just, uh, I suppose, the early kind of uh, bookmakers' favourites. So Martin O'Neill was eleven, to, the eleven to ten favourites, uh, followed by Brian McDermott, Mick McCarthy, Chris Hutton, Roy Keane, and Alex Ferguson, who just retired, was fifty to one to get the Ireland job. So uh, the inevitable had happened.
0: Yeah, I get, uh, just on this as well, it's just interesting. I remember reading, obviously, in champagne football and things. This is where you know John Delaney again, the kind of the personality was coming out of John Delaney, the kind of the figurehead of Irish football going on news talk. And, you know, just sometimes he forgot where he was as an executive, giving out information, he probably shouldn't have and things like that. You know, how his briefings to the press were and stuff. It was more about the celebrity, him in a way. Um, And, and, you know, again, like you said about not something substantial, well, it was a lot of money. And again, it's just criminal thinking back that, our association was in such a financial mess that we ever had to have our manager bankrolled by just a wealthy businessman. It's ridiculous, yeah. really, when the amount of money... I mean, that's a whole podcast for another day of where we are today and what we've come from, from like 88, 90, 94, 2002 qualifying, obviously 2012 as well. What what has the investment been in Irish football over the years? It's just where it's gone. I'd love to know. But, um, yeah, it, it's just... Ridiculous, and again, the bookies always. I remember any any time it was an England manager out of a job, O'Neill or Man United. You know, speculation about any mm. manager,
1: O'Neill Liverpool was, as well. Yeah,
0: O'Neill was a dream for the bookmakers. He must have won mm. him a fortune over the years because he always winning the fade things. <laughs> and obviously, we know what comes next with O'Neill.
2: How, how would you lads reckon? Um, how would you rate out of ten? How would
1: you rate Trapatoni's, Ryan? Um, I would probably, I'd probably go for a five. And I suppose, as I mentioned earlier, he, he served a very justified purpose, didn't he? Because it was steadying the ship. And we had to go out and get the best. And he steadied the ship. It was functional. It was a nice watch, but it got us results got us the World Cup playoff, because we hadn't gotten near a playoff in years. I think that's the other thing people need to realize, like we hadn't gotten to a playoff since 2002. So this, this was already progress. And then we go to the Euros. But on the flip side, the reason he loses five, uh, you know, five marks is because he alienated, you know, a number of players that nearly hits double, double figures. I feel he alienated the the fans to an extent. And stubbornness and an unwillingness to be contemporary and to change cost us so many games. It cost the career, the international career of so many players, including Andy Reid and Stephen Ireland and Stephen Reed. And I think there were so many missed opportunities under Trappitoni. Um because as I said as you said earlier, David, I mean, this was kind of you know, we had Duffer um, coming to the end of his career. We had Robbie Keane, his last ever shot of a World Cup. We 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 still had a lot of players who were a bit older, but did form the spine of of a very talented side. And as well as that, we had a lot of technically gifted players, which we don't, w- which we've never really had. You know, we had Darren Gibson, we had Andy Reid, we had Stephen Reid, we had Stephen Ireland, we had so many lads who who could have actually enabled us to play an attractive brand of football during the Trapetoni era. And they were never given that opportunity. Was Hulahan? I didn't even mention as well. So for that reason, for the missed opportunity, for for the you know the the fact that this could have been an era where our style, um, where that DNA didn't Jorgen uh, or Jorgi Lowe Only a couple of years later said that that it's not in our DNA to play nice football. I think under Trapatoni, or even in the, the years of Trapatoni, our style of play could have changed, and it could have set us up very very well for even now. So. So five is probably generous from me.
0: Five, Yeah, i I I'd go with five. agree with a lot of them points. Uh, again, you know, we had Robbie Brady coming through as well. He's another one who was a creative player. Um, and yeah, five. Very, very unlucky looking back. 2010, very close to that World Cup. And, you know, I think, you know, if he'd have got us to a World Cup, he'd be probably, well, a lot higher. But I just think... It was, uh, he was brought in to do a job. He was close in 2010. 2012, he got there, and I'm convinced it's because we were given a bit of an easy task in a way. That playoff, you know, that, that Estonia game, mm. that was yeah. easy for us. Um, we got a break there with that. Um, all sorts going on in the FAI in the background. Him and Delaney, very intrinsically linked, had a great relationship, as we know, but very much like it was a little bit like. He kind of saw Trapattoni. Like he like he kind of saw Bobby Robson that time. This bloke's yeah. experienced. He's a world named football. He's gonna keep Irish interest as well. I remember because we had Italy in a group. It was all interesting because the dynamic of Italy playing Ireland and Trapattoni. It kept Ireland's profile as a footballing nation quite high. Even the fact that we didn't qualify in twenty ten with the playoff. You know, it gave Ireland a presence on the international stage that FIFA were talking about us. You know, we were very, very relevant. Um, but, you know, like, unforgivable the performances in, in 2012, how he treated the players. It was the end after that. He should have gone after that. This campaign as well. He he blew a great opportunity against Qualify 2014 yeah. when you look at these results. Yeah. Alienated players. I agree completely on the DNA thing as well, but we were never going to get that with Trappettone and it's just with regret now mm-hmm. that if he'd have gone after 2012, other, yeah. players, other managers would have come in and would have said, look, you've got an incredibly creative team there um, and you need to build your team around that. Like McGee coming Can- through as well. McCarthy. It was all there. It really was. Can I just I-
1: throw in there as well? Uh, he didn't blood any youth because, I mean, if you look at, say, even the O'Neill era and the amount of players who were in their late 20s, you know, the, as, as you said, like the likes of Houlihan, who was well into his, his 30s at that stage. Um, just being one example. And even, you know, um, you could argue for Seamus Coleman as well, wasn't he? About 28 during the Euros. And I mean, um, you know, all these players who under trapattoni kind of that kind of 1982 to 1992 generation of players. Who are playing for us now? Like if you look at say John Egan, he's only got about ten caps for us now. Not that he was in form under Trapattoni but but that kind of nineteen ninety two Jeff Hendrick as well um, is another example. Uh, Kieran Clark, even you know, I think he was probably about twenty two when you declared for Ireland. But all these lads who probably you know should have been blown when they were twenty one, twenty two under Trapattoni, but but didn't really get any consistency in international football until their late twenties, and then at that stage, you know, it's you know it's too late. Like and and that was all down to Trapattoni because he just wouldn't play anyone under the age of twenty eight. Like it was outrageous. I, 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 w- I would personally give Trapattoni four out of ten. I was going to give him six out of ten
2: because he qualified with yours, but then people people listeners go, ah, they, you know, lads, have been very very harsh, on him let's not forget. He didn't perform any miracles here. OK, the reason why we hadn't qualified or got near a playoff wasn't um, because, you know, he got, you know, bobbed down the road and, you know, he got like a, a ragtag of misfits and formed together, made a dirty dozen and somehow mm. miraculously got us to the Euros. The reason why we hadn't got anywhere near playoffs because of poor mismanagement. You know, we had the hangover from uh, McCarthy Mick's reign came to an end because the Saipan era that was completely just off the wall, that was extraordinary in its purest form. Okay, so that affected that. We talked about care, he came in too negative for my liking, didn't have the respect of the players, very yeah, dossier, very didn't get the didn't, his man management wasn't great, bit bit community football kind of. Mm feel to it you know and you're dealing with players there Robbie Keane at their peak Duff at a peak you know he had a super team they didn't they finished fourth in that group and he really should have won that group quite comfortably in fact they should have won that group and qualified Mm -hmm. for World Cup 2006 that was a hell of an Ireland team that really was and then Stan came in and then you had another crop of good players coming through McGeady I suppose Stephen Hunt Stephen Ireland like really good like a nucleus there of a really good Ireland team that could, mm. should be qualifying there, but Steve Stanton was clueless. Um, the F, you know, John Delaney was clueless in appointing him, and then mm. Trapattoni panicked. Now we all wanted him at the time, but what did we know? Like we look back now, and we can go through all the facts that we didn't have, and that's another reason why we loved doing these podcasts. And I also just think that Trapattoni, he didn't
1: perform a miracle. He had a very he had a good side there in fact well, that- what I'd say about him, what i say about him is uh, I know we mentioned kind of well what I mentioned a couple of times was the solidity but we'd gone from kind of fearing you know hiccups against the likes of Cyprus or the likes of um you know Israel or so on like we we yeah. were we were we were fearing the worst against inferior opponents on paper and under Trapattoni, um you know we we got results you know we yeah, we beat I, your Georges. But I need we beat we I, but I, need I, I, I i know but i mean this this is something that had become a feature you know cuz cuz even going back to the early days of care and i know albania were a bit of a sticky team but you know we struggled against the likes of albania we struggled against the likes of israel struggled against the likes of cyprus and and we we were comfortable enough maybe not in 2012 against um you know macedonia but you know, we were comfortable enough and we, we beat these teams. But the one thing about Travitoni is, and this was something that, that kind of happened before him under and Staunton, was under him, bar, I think, a friendly against Italy, we didn't beat any of the big teams. Like, we didn't beat any of the big teams. No. And we, had, we did have players who could have pulled that off. Because even under Martin O'Neill, which will be our next um, era, I mean, he didn't have as good a squad as Trabatoni, and he still managed to beat Italy. He still managed to beat Austria. Still managed to beat France, yeah, or sorry, not France, he, um, Germany.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and you're obviously right about that. But at the end of the day, with, with, with Trapp, you know, and he wasn't worth 1.8 million. You could have got a coach um, half his age, literally, that would have actually gone in there and would have sorted out. You could have got a team in there for the entirety that was paid to Trappatoni, right? Even at 1.2 million, right? Never mind at 1.8. You could have got a team of lads in there that could have sorted out Irish football and we'd be reaping the benefits. So I'm not saying we would have started winning tournaments, but we would have had a structure. We would have been 10 or so years into a structure where we could start producing some, some really good results, some really good teams, and had that conveyor belt of talent. You know, we'd be 10 years into that project. Instead, it was John Delaney. I mean, it's all down to John Delaney. John Delaney, it was just an expensive toy he was using money that the association literally mm-hmm. didn't have because he had Dennis he was,
1: And he was unprofessional as well because you, you can't for the life you. I know like if you look at Tottenham and Daniel Levy and uh, Palacino are great friends that go on holidays and stuff, but, but as a CEO, you can't go make him pally pally with the manager because if things no. go tits up, you know, you're in a, you're in a very poor position then you're in a very weak position because you're, you're you've are you got a relationship with them personally For and that's sure. exactly what he did because you
2: have to be ruthless and, and he was you know Delaney was ruthless but he was never he was ruthless internally but he was never ruthless externally uh, with these guys he probably didn't know who Trapatoni was and someone pointed out to him look this guy's won this this and this and like, oh so Jesus yeah this guy is great I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. He, he just wanted it was the whole that's the the whole thing with Schindler's list where Oscar Schindler um, had to bring in a war reference lad sorry and, you know, he's got the photo opportunities on his desk with all the people. So people come in and go, wow, look at this guy. You know, it, do, it looks pretty nice when I'd say when you go to the UEFA executives and you've got your office there They come over to your office in Dublin. There's a picture of you there with Ferguson. There's a picture of you there with Trapatoni, you know, and there's a picture of all these legends. Oh, we got Platini to come over and open up the Abbott Centre when it really should have been a member of the government who had actually provided the funding for it, which is also champagne mm-hmm. football. It, it was just... It was just an expensive toy for this guy. It was sort of look at me. I'm the FAI guy. I brought this guy. I've got this guy in here now that it was all CV building for John Delaney, even though it was done mostly with Dennis O'Brien's money. If you had a decent administrator in there, as I said, we would have got a young. We I remember actually talking about one of my best mates, in fact, and he's uh, got a great head for the for football. I remember him saying at the time that we We just need a young manager kind of what we have today, a young manager, forget about, you know, qualifying for tournaments on a cheap, just set the DNA and now the structure. in now in fact, we had the players to play, I think a decent style of football and actually get us to tournaments and it should have happened, but we went with this guy. All right. We got to the playoff. We were robbed, but that was a good Ireland team. You know what I mean? That was a decent, that was an Ireland team, a decent, a good manager with the Nelson, we were all to, be organized could have got us the same we could have got the same results and I believe with a better performance than what we had in Euro 2012 not, we may not have got out of the group but we would have competed and you wouldn't have players like Darren Gibson retiring from international football at the age of 24 Stephen Ireland and all this stuff that all would have been sorted you know all I think it'll be choices, interesting
1: you know. to to do like a, a show on you know a starting 11 of players excluded by Trapatoni or alienated by Trapatoni yeah. I think it'd be fascinating because you could literally get a starting 11. You know, it's, it's, it's outrageous, you know. But yeah, certain, certainly an interesting era nonetheless because, you know, it's a, a qualification for a tournament, a World Cup playoff, and then, you know, a lot of off-the-field issues with players. But it's all we have time for, unfortunately, with the Giovanni Trapattoni era. And if you enjoyed the episodes, just remember that part one to three are available. So do give them a listen. And if you enjoy them, tell your friends, you know, spread the word. Uh, you know, it's been it's been it's been a difficult one to look back on, but but certainly an interesting one and quite a quirky one. So the next era will be Martin O'Neill, of course, probably not for a couple of weeks, but but we will have that coming up. Um, and as you say, get your thoughts and your comments in. Lads, your last thoughts on on this era? I know we've just digested it really, but an enjoyable one or or a grim one to look back on? Grim.
0: Uh, an interesting one it is it, an interesting one, you know, and and kind of weird memories of you know not you know that well, I think massive games in our history, uh, you know, qualifying for a tournament always always good. Um, that iconic, you know if, if you if you talk to our other fans, nations around the world, and you say you support Ireland, and you talk about. France playoff they'll all know it you know we, that was a really important historical game that Ireland was involved with um, obviously the wrong end of the result but um, being outright robbed but you know it, it, yeah just a inter- really interesting era I hope people enjoy the podcast on it because it's been good to reflect on it and you know obviously we've got some interesting ones to come as well because um, that's what we always find with Ireland very interesting and uh, good to kind of reminisce on the good and the bad
1: Absolutely. So just to sum off and thank you to Google Translate, who did not sponsor uh, this show, but, but who have been very kind to us. Grazie vediamo la prossima volta, adiamo voice in verde. So that just means thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next time. And come on, you boys in green.